everybody. It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Rama S, Ari Rockefeller, Mako-chan, and Sailor Blair. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 90. We are that podcast that talks about anime, cons, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Mako-chan. Well, Mako-chan, it's good to see you back here. It's good It's good to be back. As well as it being good to the front. Ha ha ha. I try, I try. Try harder. If I try any harder, your head's going to go through a wall. Threats of violence are not even one minute in. Is that a new record? Uh, probably. (laughs) Breaking new ground every day. That's Anime Jam Session. And speaking of breaking new ground, uh, we are on episode 90. The countdown to episode 100 begins. Hooray! Yay. Now, here comes half the fun, perhaps our... Our loyal fans will, go, will will tell us their favorite moments on the podcast, which means I got to go digging through them and finding them. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> wow. All right. So, um, Ari, how was your weekend? How was your day? What you been up to? Oh, just more of the same. Usually, mostly wor- you know, working whenever I can. Uh, end up seeing Wreck-It Ralph this weekend, finally. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was incredible. Yes, yes, it was. Of course, my, any gripes I don't are kind of minor, like the uh, bad guys anonymous t- style meeting. Zangief was in there with the rest of the bad guys. Well, if you go off the American movie, he was a bad guy. Yeah, well, not a lot of people. The, the only thing people remember about the American productions is you know, Zangief shouting, "Quick, change the channel!" or you Wrong. got paid. Yeah, or Raw Julia's phenomenal final performance. But that wasn't his final performance, though. That's a, that's the last one everyone remembers. He did an HBO movie. I mean, he died after, but his last movie what was some HBO film that he did. Huh? Don't remember seeing it. Yeah. Hearing about it. I kind of discovered it like after, like maybe like within a year after the movie came out or something like that. But as you were, good sir. Yeah, but the aside from the, the main plot, the uh, lot the most fun we had was was looking around the background to the uh, game central area and just yeah. picking out all the cameos or the little uh, idiosyncrasies, like seeing Shang Long was here, like graffiti on the wall, or uh, Leroy Jenkins's uh, graffiti tag. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You, did you did you see the um the arcade box for the arcade cabinet for Fixit Felix Jr.? Yeah, it looked like an old Donkey Kong machine. I know, and so did the font for um for Fixit Felix Jr. I'm pretty sure that was the intention. Yeah. Well, I know that they did like 30. They actually created 30 games out of um Donkey Kong cabinets, so I think that's what they were going for. What do you mean 30 games? That uh, template talk- used to use 30 different times? No, they were talking about it on OLR. I totally missed that aspect. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Yes, um, they actually did 30 cabinets and created uh, about 30 cabinets. Oh, um, okay. And sent them out, I guess. I wasn't 
I was driving. I wasn't really paying attention, but I know oh, that stuck okay. out. So. Yeah. All right, Ari. Anything really else? speaks well the longevity of that arcade that it's set in. You know, being open for thirty plus years, and that one, that one Fix It Felix machine just sitting there, like not like not breaking down. I'm sure you know it had general maintenance every now and then, but I just wish more arcades could be like that. Well, where I grew up, it was a place called Rye Playland, and yeah, it had a lot of newer games at the time. But in almost every arcade there, you will find a classic Pac-Man machine. And I'm not talking the Pac-Man Galaga 20-year reunion machines. No. I know what you're talking about. A regular Pac-Man machine. Some of them were, were called Hyper Pac-Man because someone went in and turned, just like kicked up the speed to like... I can't stop it! I mean, Pac-Man's gone plaid. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to Chinatown Fair again. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's gotten bad. Have you seen the photos I took from, like, earlier this year? Don't think I did. I will link them to you later. You will cry. You will cry. Or at least flip some tables. There's no room to flip a table. Oh. Yeah. All right, and you, Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? You have some time to catch up on. Yep. Um. Well, after the bitch Sandy and not having power, and then going back and forth between two different houses, and then dealing with that bitch Athena and having to do the same thing, um, basically thought everything was going good, and the end of this past weekend found out I've got poison ivy. And I'm very, very, very allergic to it. The hits just keep on coming, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 been amazing. Well, they do say trouble does come in threes. Yeah, well, I don't need this kind of trouble. In all honesty, you sound like you're about to snap and start screaming at any second. Yeah, all that. Tr- yeah, she has all that well, trouble. It's time to make it double. Oh dear oh, God. God. <laughs> well, no, I'm also dealing with work drama and just drama about like my right now my mother and I are sharing a car so like I just don't feel independent I guess because we're sharing a car so yeah sort of like being in high school having to borrow your mom's car huh yeah except it's the other way around this time (laughs) but she's more like I'm taking your car something like that yeah I mean, it worked out okay tonight because I had to tape the show anyway, but like this past weekend, I went out to Brooklyn and she was stuck without a car. How did she get home? Hmm? How did she get home? Uh, She ended up borrowing her girlfriend's car. Uh Aha. And then instead of driving back here on Sunday, I had to drive to the other house just to be able to wake up for work and be able to take her to work. So it's been interesting, especially since she doesn't have the same hours at work that I do. She's I mean, all work- sorts of weird hours. Well, she's um, she works in uh, one of the testing areas, so she has to do stress tests, and they start booking those stress tests as early as seven a.m. So, me, I'm just a file clerk. I don't. I have normal hours. I'm there from eight thirty to five. She's there from 
sometimes seven until whenever the hell she's done. So, yeah, it's it's. I had to get up this morning at uh, quarter to six, so that was interesting. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been interesting. I have my own reasons for not feeling independent or uh, on my own, so uh, I can kind of sympathize with you. Mm. Yeah, but my my main gripe right now is this damn poison ivy, and I get to blame somebody at work, and I had to go to the ER because I don't have insurance, um, just to be able to get the steroids that help to boost everything and knock it out of your system. And when I told them that I got it at work from somebody that had poison ivy, they looked at me and I'm like, yeah, um, you can get it from somebody that has poison ivy. And so they put it through as a workman's comp and hopefully it'll go through so I don't have to pay. That's cool. Yeah, but that's going to look really, really weird for those people that pick up that workman's comp and go, she got poison ivy? What? <laughs> what kind of overgrown, like, Kudzu building is she working out of? It is yeah, what it it's is. Just, well, the thing is, the guy that came in with the poison ivy, it wasn't, like, right now, my poison ivy, it's itchy, but I'm not scratching it. So, like, for anybody that's had poison ivy, you know that once the, um, once all the rashes, like, start popping and they start oozing, um, it doesn't like to stop. And that's when it gets really, really contagious because all that oil is basically poison ivy oil. Um, so the guy that came in had open sores, basically. How and, charming. Yeah, and he's the IT tech, so he's going around touching all the computers. The fuck? Yeah. Maybe he didn't know he had it. Uh, no, he knew he had it. He came in saying, hey, I've got poison ivy. That's why I look this way. Like, he's got, he had sores up his face yeah. and around his eye, and he still came into work because Jesus he's the Christ. only IT tech. Was he getting all freaky in the poison ivy and, sh and shit, you know? I have no idea. The only thing that I could think of is because of the storms, he had down trees and had to go clear them out. And probably didn't even realize that he had poison ivy and was rubbing his face while he was doing it. But he had it all over his face. He, he it, it was horrible. And with him being the IT guy and working on the computers, which he did, he had told everybody, oh, well, yeah, everything's good. And I didn't realize that he actually had open sores or I would have been cleaning like crazy around all of my, all of my equipment. But, uh, yeah, so I now have poison ivy. You sound like you need a drink or 20. Yeah. She always needs a drink or 20. Well, yeah, I always need a drink or 20, but this is, like, you don't understand the, the lengths that I have gone to to not get poison ivy again. Because when you get poison ivy, the next time you get it, you get it worse. And then the next time you get it, you get it worse. The mm. last time I had it, I was in middle school, and I was out of school for a week for how bad I had it. So I've just been trying to take care of everything, and I got something to help dry them out, which really isn't working. Or should say that it's not working on the itch, which is mean, which means that I'm scratching at them and it's not drying them out. So yeah, it's 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 been fun. 
And yes, I would like a drink, but I can't have one because I have to go to work tomorrow. <sighs> Don't know what to tell you, kiddo. Don't know. Well, if this one on my hand doesn't stop oozing, I might not be able to go to work tomorrow anyway. That's not good. No, it's... I mean, the good thing about my mother's odd hours is that I'm going in and clocking in and working. So I will make up for the seven hours that I lost yesterday going to the ER. But if I have to take off tomorrow because this stupid damn thing won't stop oozing, I'm going to be really pissed off. Mm. Because unlike some people who have the insurance and have the time off and the uh, sick days and all of that, I don't have any of that. So he could have stayed his ass home while he was infectious and leprous and all that crap. But no. Well, you gotta make your, you gotta get paid, gotta work, you know? But he has sick days. He's insured. Well, then I would have taken my benefits. sick days. Screw that shit. Exactly. He's got the ability to be paid and stay home while sick. I do not. So he should have stayed his ass home. Yeah, he's, you got a point. Hmm. But moving on. Yes, yes, yes. Well, as for me, um, I went back to work, stepped in. Pr I wanted to proceed to bang my head into a forehead and drink all the alcohol. That bad? That much of a cluster F because I work. I now work for a publish uh, book publishing company, more or less. Um, I discovered that this company owns a lot of other companies, so I, this is a lot more behind it. And one of the buildings was flooded out in lower Manhattan, and everybody's rushing up here, so it's like everybody's running around with their head, with, like a chicken with its head cut off. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be training. Ah, the wonderful world of crappy training. Not really. I mean... The most they tr I learned was like the local login and, and mapping printers, which is probably the majority of some stuff. But like I learned Citrix and a couple other things to help the users out. So I'm sort of like at that point where I don't want to jump off on my own to fix this and that until I get a little bit more training behind it. But, you know. And that's pretty much the gist of it. But I'm enjoying it so far, so the hours are 8 to 5, which means I have to get up at 6, but on the plus side, I'm home You're by working. 6. You're working. No, I'm home, yeah, I'm home by 6. So it's not so bad. Yeah, and then you also get to sleep on the train. I always sleep on the train. I know, but I'm sa it's, it could be, it could be worse. You could have to get up and then drive for an hour. You just get to get up and sleep for an hour. <laughs> eh, perhaps so, perhaps so. But um, in case you didn't hear at the top of the episode, we're on episode 90. It took us five years, no, yeah, about five years to get 
that they make it down to a hundred episodes. So an average of twenty episodes a year, more or less. I don't expect a lot of comments or responses to this, but if you do have a favorite moment on Anime Jam Session, of where I go on one of my tangents or. Ari says something thoughtful, inspiring, or a moment when Mako-chan went total bitch on something, you know. But that's like every other episode. Well, yeah. Or or something when one of our guests were on the show, you know. Or if you want to wish us congratulations, you can send that to podcast at animejamsession.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast at animejamsession.com. And don't forget, we are on the VOG Network, Tuesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, an encore presentation um, at, I believe, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As of now, the episodes are one week behind because the nights that the episodes go up is the nights that we also record. But the way things are going with my mixer and a little bit more fine-tuned experimenting, I am hoping... By the time we hit episode 100, we are live. And that's going to be fucking crazy as hell. Yes, yes it is. Oh, yeah, since I'll probably be the only one manhandling the chat room. No, I'll be in chat. Well, that's good. I will too, but I'll just end up like getting distracted by some of the uh, comments people will be making. Ooh, shiny. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Or, <sighs> or I'm sorry, you want to repeat that? Oh, you guys are just terrible. Just terrible. T-R-B-L yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible. All right. Let, let's, let's bring this back together. Take our first break. And when we get back, we can talk about some articles, including something that just popped up in our laps not even an hour ago, as for me, a few hours ago, because it came along in, on my tablet as I was browsing at work. So we'll be back. Quite right, I don't know why. All 
If you enjoy independent podcasts and would like to support them, check out some of our independent podcasting friends. Check out Orange Lounge Radio at orangeloungeradio.com where they discuss video games, gamer culture, and gamer lifestyle with Sky, Doc Soccer, and Loki. Listen live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on vognetwork.com. And right before them is the Bobby Blackwolf Show at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. Video games and gamer talk at bobbyblackwolf.com. If Warcraft is your taste, listen to Horde House with Sky and Exifer weekly at hordehouse.com. If you want more of a female perspective of what we do here on Anime Jam Session, listen to Electric Sisterhood with Ninja Sister and Pandalicious at electricsisterhood.com with new shows every week. If you prefer geek, pop culture, and sci-fi, check out popculture.net and the Geek Culture Network. And also check out the Brooklyn Otaku, a brand new anime podcast, Friends of Ours. You can find them at facebook.com slash thebrooklynotaku. Well, team, it's time to bring back an, a familiar uh, skip from back in the day. Not a skip uh, segment. Something we haven't done in a few episodes. And what segment would that be? The segment of Department of Grievances. Because you know what? I got some some words to say. You say those words. Damn right I will. I will not straight out say a giant F you to this person, but F you. I'm going to explain something to you. Uh, not fully, but here is the short, short, short version that I can pull off to the best of my abilities. So here's the thing. This one girl I've been, fo- I've been following on Facebook f- back and forth. Right after the hurricane, she was bitching and moaning about the fact that she didn't have any power, but her boyfriend had power. Then for a while, the roles got reversed, and it's she's like, she has power, but he doesn't. She's like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, when it was reversed, I'm like, well, go to his place. I don't know what to tell you, you know? And vice versa. So... Now, I wasn't saying it to be trolling. I was just being sincere. I'm like, what do you want me to do, you know? I mean, I'm just trying to help you. So, later on, she makes this comment on her Facebook about trying to get into New York City. And I'm like, take the train. Now, I did not know that she always took the train to the city for her voice acting lessons. I did not know this. I don't sit there and read 827 status updates on what people say and do. I know for a fact I do not see everybody's updates, but when I do, I do read them, and I will do what I absolutely can to read them all, you know? But I can't be all over the damn place. So, she's like, those trains, that trains aren't running, and I'm like, on the website it says it's running and I'm like I did not know you were taking the train you know and I'll even send I even screen cap this on my tablet I will send it to the two of you so you can see this shit so more words were said I go back to update hit reply see I have a plugin so I can hit reply automatically there's no place for me to reply so I'm like what the fuck I go 
I put my my mouse on her on her on her name. Bitch defriended me. I'm oh. like it's like that. You're gonna defriend me because I'm trying to help you. Fuck you. You know what? I have decided to cut all ties with you and your website. I've deleted anything that has to do with your website from mine, my bookmarks, everything. Your two friends are cool. I will have no problems talking to them and chilling with them. But as for you, you could take a long walk off a short fucking pier, you self-righteous little bitch. And I hope you do not say anything to me at a con, because I will not acknowledge your existence. If you say something to me, I will be the snarkiest SOB, and you'll wish you had never met me. And that's pretty much out of my system. I'm just more pissed and fucked up, more pissed about um, the whole situation in general, about how you're going to be mad at me over a situation I had no control over, and I did not know. I don't assume stuff. And I'm done. Yeah, I saw that conversation. It was, um... Oh, I did show it to you. Yeah, yeah. Alright. It, it was very, um... Weird as fuck on why she did it. I don't think I remember seeing it. I was probably no. at work when this all went down. Yeah, I don't think you're friends with her either. So, besides me, does anybody else have any angst or anger they need to file with the Department of Grievances? Um, not really, no. Mako? Um, no, I think I already did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, F you to Poison Ivy into the IT guy that gave it to you. Exactly. Also, a few to moving. Mm. Also, well, not the moving part, yeah. but the packing part. Mm. Also, one more thing that that kind of blew my mind about this chick. I she has a 3ds. If I know you have a 3ds, I'm gonna ask you for your friend code so we can like trade pictures, notes, and stuff like that. She's like, I don't give up my friend code. I just play for the games, and I I just had to stop myself from like. Are you serious? You gotta stop yourself from face palming. Uh, yeah, by face palming me, face palming her for her stupidity. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much out of my system. For the most part, I do feel a little bit better. Yes. Okay, now that we got that, now that we've taken care of Department of Grievances, shall we go ahead to our first article here? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm ready when you are. Okay, well, now this article just popped up earlier today because I was browsing my, my uh, god damn, I was about to say live journal. God damn. Damn it. <laughs> I was browsing my Facebook and this article popped up called, Hey, quasi pretty not hot girl, you are the most pathetic than the real nerds. Oh boy. 
Yeah, I mean, not for nothing. I partially agree with some some of what he has to say, but it's not all me. All right. All right, there's this guy named Tony Harris. I guess he's an artist or something like that. I've never heard of him because I don't really follow comics and so forth. Now, this also reminds me of, of, a, of a TED meme that I had posted some time back and I was defending myself saying it was not slut-shaming. It is what it is, you know? All right. Now, this guy, Tony Harris, asked people to retweet his Facebook post. And this and the person that runs Bleeding Cool actually copied the, copy-pasted the whole thing and put it here. Tony Harris... Um, Posted this in regards to um, a um, a TED meme that was posted referring to a Fox nerd about women as whores, which is probably something that I, I yeah I I have posted this. Uh, There's a picture of Ted removing holding a a glass a wine glass and says, "Dear girls who take pictures in slutty clothing and glasses and label the caption nerd lol you are not a nerd you're a whore who found glasses now I agree with the aspect of you're not being a nerd I should have clarified but I didn't it is what it is now this person goes says I can't remember if I've said this before but I'm going to say it anyway I don't give a crap. I don't appreciate. I appreciate a pretty gal as much as the next hetero male. Sometimes I even go in for some racy type stuff, keeping the comments PG for my lady's sake. But damn it, damn it, damn it! I am sick, so sick and tired of the whole cosplay chicks. I know a few who are actually pretty cool and big shocker, love and read comics. So as in all things, they are the exception to the rule. Here's a statement I want to make based on the rule. Hey, quasi pretty, not hot girl. You are more pathetic than the real nerds who secretly think you are really pathetic. But we are on to you. Some of us are aware that you are even so average that on an everyday basis, but you had a couple things going your way. You're willing to, to become almost completely naked in public, and you're either skinny, well, some most you think you are, or have big boobies. Notice I did not say great boobies. You are what I refer to as con high. Well, not by my estimation, but according to a lot of average comic book fans who are re- who rarely, either rarely speak to or ever never speak to girls. Some virgins are unconfident when it comes to girls, and the one thing they all have in common, that they're all being preyed on by you. You have this really awful need for attention, for people to tell you you are pretty or hot, and the thought of guys pleasuring themselves to the memory of you hanging them on your glossy open lips and promising them the moons and the stars of pleasure just makes your head vibrate. After many years of watching this shit go down every three seconds around or in front of my booth or at any table at any given con in the country, I put this together. Well, not just me. We are legion, and here it is. The reason why all that sickens us, because you don't know shit about comics beyond whatever Google image search you did to get the ref on most mainstream character with the most revealing costume ever. And also, if any of these guys say that you hang on, try to talk you out of that con, you wouldn't have given him the fucking time of day. Shut up, you damn liar. No, you would not. Lying liar face. You're not comics. You're just a thing that all comic book and mainstream press flock to at cons. And the real reason for the con and the damn costumes you're parading around in, that would make would-be comic book artists and comic book writers who make all that shit up. Thoughts? Anyone? Anyone? Floor is open. I agree. And why do you agree? Um... 
being somebody that is plus size mm -hmm. and seeing the amount of people that even if I'm in cosplay don't even give me a half of a look because standing right next to me happens to be some random chick with huge tits that's half naked and has no idea what anything is about because she was hired as a booth babe. Mm -hmm. that is that what he's referring to here, pretty much? He's not really referring to booth babes, but he's, re he's referring to the people that go to these conventions just to show off their body. Yes. Just so people can look at them and go, wow, she's hot. Or, wow, he's hot. So it's attention whoring 101, in other pretty words. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, I thought so. So, I mean, I completely agree with him that these people are not necessarily preying on geeks, but they're not there for the same reasons that other people are there. They're there to show off their bodies and get laid. With and varying even then, success. Well, even then, some mm. of them aren't even there to get laid. Because if you go up to them and say, hey, you're hot, or something like that, they look at you like, oh my god, you're, you're demeaning me because just because I'm dressed like this doesn't mean I'm a slut. They make that face at you. Mm-hmm. See, I'm kind of thankful. I am actually thankful for the fact that my years of being on the con circuit, I've grown out of this and been a lot more appreciative. Because if you look at my photo galleries, I, I take pictures of everybody from the skinniest to the biggest. What can I say? If the cosplay looks good on you, I'm going to take a picture of you. Simple as that. Now, and that's how it should be. Yeah. This was something that um, me and um, other Patty were talking about like some time back. Now, this term con hot, I've never used that term. But I think that's like, that's like an insult. This is the first time I've even seen it. Yeah, I I've seen chicks that are hot, but I don't think I've ever said that they were hot. My thing is... You, you, you say you're, you're, they're hot non-verbally, you know? You just, like, right. give them an like, appreciate, appreciative nod, you know, like, mm, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, just, I just did it. I just did that here at my computer, but no one's going to see it because none of us have video connections. True. And, but you know what I'm talking about, though, right, right? Right, And, you know, and lately, a lot of my uh, cosplaying friends have been posting various pictures, and there was there was a time in my life where I'd look at them like, oh, my God, you're fucking hot. Now, I have said that to some friends only because I've known them for a long period of time, and I can get away with saying that. Now, looking at the pictures now, I can't say, oh, my God, she's hot. I'm actually looking at the shot, and I'm like, that's a fucking awesome shot. I would love to take a, get a uh -huh. shot just like that. I'm more respectful of the photographer, the angle of the shot. All I'm just like in awe of that. There's more to the shot than just the exactly hot woman in it. Exactly. Yeah, I know there are booth babes out there. Hell, there are there are people out there that go to cons and dress up just for the attention, you know. And you know, not for nothing, we've all come across them. A lot of times we just ignore you because we see right through you. And the ones who don't just want to get laid. What can I say? 
They will feed that ego of yours. Now we have more to it. You know, as as the original um as the original author of this article, Rich Johnson says, you know, guys dress for cosplay as well, right? There's been a lot of comments mainly supporting causing Tony to post. Someone went, I really hope I get some input from some of those gals or the kind of sleazy weirdo weirdos. Nice to hear from the choir though. Yeah, there was an issue that popped up on my Facebook sometime back about a sleazy um. Um, not a photographer, interviewer for a local uh, TV show here in New York City. Yeah, a lot of people have words to say about him. What show is it? I'm not going to say on the podcast, just to give um, listeners um, a chance to check it out. No, I'll tell you off offline. Okay. Now, only one female cosplayer posted in response to what was said. She goes, Wow, way to lump some of the bad seeds into one bit group. A lot of us who cosplay do know what the hell comics are all about. I've been a huge fan of yours for years, but this is ridiculous. And she also tweeted that I am never buying anything Tony Harris does again. Disgusting. Now, anybody who says I am not buying this support, shut the fuck up. You damn well know you're just saying it to get your voice heard because you're still going to support it. I know not everybody's like that, but the majority of you bandwagoners are. These hair trigger boy cuts do get old after a while. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Especially when there's no real rhyme or reason behind it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love the people, um, even the like the the reviewers for restaurants, I'm never eating here again, and yet the next day, oh, wow, this was really great. They really must have, they must, really must have read what I posted. It's the same shit. It's mm-hmm. hoping that somebody will look at this and go, wow, yeah, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Now, here's back to more article from the original um, author of the article. Here's the thing, though. I don't think I have used the language Tony Harris did, but I used to share his opinion, though targeted at male as well as female cosplayers. And none of this preying upon people nonsense. But MCM London Expo changed me as I met cosplayers for extended periods of time and got to know them better. Some knew the original comics, some didn't. But those who didn't want to find out more. And they were in an awe that I actually knew the people behind the originals. And then it hit me. Even if they didn't care, it didn't matter. They were responding to the culture that the comics industry created, even if they had no interest in the comics themselves. And do what? Why should we be imposing on some type of thought crime on cosplayers when we could just celebrate the fact that aspects from the comics industry were spreading throughout mainstream culture in uncontrollable, unexpected ways? Rather than being simply ignored, people like Tony Harris and many creators before him had changed the culture to reflect their art. And obviously, it would be nice for more people to read the original comics and was more likely or less likely to happen to be alienating or acting snobby towards them. We should be celebrating the way comics are spread amongst the culture rather than condemning it for spreading in the wrong way. And yes, female-specific focus on the original post was a little odd. So there's that. And he tried to respond to, to Tony's Facebook, but could not happen. Now, oddly enough, Tony Harris, pardon me, uh, he's 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 doing something called JSA Liberty Files, the Whistling Skull. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a DC project or something like that. Sounds like he made a whistle out of a human skull. Maybe, but um, <laughs> but it seems like um, the way this paragraph goes, pretty much the changes of all the females of the DC of uh, the villain of the here of the female heroes and villains in DC. And yep, JSA is a DC title. 
why does that not surprise me? I mean, I I don't know. I don't really believe in like really sexing up the character to really make an impact. You can sex up a character and still keep the the character classy. I will always refer back to Faye Valentine. Yes, she wears short shorts. She wears she has those knee high boots. She has that short little top, and she has that red sweater. And the suspenders. And the suspenders. But she doesn't walk around with sex appeal. She is all business from start to finish. I call that keeping it classy with a touch of sex appeal. Yeah, you're absolutely right, I Mm -hmm. think. I mean, I used to feel for the longest that if you didn't know the character you were cosplaying, don't. But then I found myself doing that with Shikamaru for a skit, and after... But once I discovered who the character was, I was like, I really like him. Now it's like, you know, if you don't know the character, it's not a big deal. It's not a breaking point. It is what it is. As long as you have fun with what you're doing. Marco, what's your take? Well, going back to that, I always thought mm-hmm. that, you know, getting to know, getting to know the character, he was, you know, part of just the whole doing the research thing, you know, yeah. kind of cosplaying 101. It is, but some people tend to forget because they're, like, so into the character that they want to. Then they do it a little bit later. It happens. I just feel really bad if I cosplayed someone I, I wasn't really familiar with when an anime I didn't, you know, watch a whole lot of. Because then I'll be expected to, uh, you know, act like them or say things that they don't and just end up looking Or really do a awkward. certain pose or something like that. Yeah. You see... I have, I, I have to agree. Mm-hmm. Um... If you're going to do the research to create the outfit, do the research to create the character. I mean, you've got characters like, let's say nobody heard of Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Right. But somebody really wanted to cosplay as Mandy. And that person went around in all of the pictures smiling and laughing and giggling. Is that Mandy? (laughs) No, it's not. Mm -mm. I don't think she's actually smiled on camera. She did it once, and it blew up the world. Oh, I didn't think I yeah. saw that um, So, I mean, there are some characters that it's better. You have to do some research for it. It doesn't have to be this uh, amazing, like, in-depth, like, you have to know everything. And you have to know what the creator was thinking about when they created the character. But you have to know some simple things. You have to know that Mandy doesn't smile that she's not a people person and that she wants to rule everything. That's her whole attitude. That's what makes her character her character. All right. So, I mean, some, some characters you can get away with because either they're bit part characters or they act normally. But when you have somebody that acts so over the top or so under what you think... You really have to look into that, too, because it's going to change the way people see you as a character cosplaying. Yep. I mean, going back there a few years ago, there was, uh, I won't mention any names, but there was a Sailor Moon cosplayer that didn't smile in any of her pictures. And that's one thing that everybody brought up. How can you be Sailor Moon and not smile? She's like, well, that's how I do it. The thing is, that's, I, I mean, yeah, that's how she does it. And while that's great and all, 
a it's lot of people. It's kind of her character. Mm -hmm. It was. I mean, it's far and few. There are photos of Sailor Moon not really smiling. I mean, there are times where she's posing, she's not smiling, but still, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, there are certain things that, you, like, you want to look into. I mean, if you want to take the character and make it your own, that's great. That's that's one thing. But if you're just picking up the character and you're you're just playing the characters yourself, that's, I mean, you're just dressing up. And while that's all great and everything, if you're going to go to a convention, people are going to expect you to know certain things about that character. And... I mean, you're going to the convention. You're 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 going there for a reason. You're either going there to dress up and act like an idiot. You're going there to dress up and show off your body and your outfit, or you're going there to hang out with anime fans. And if you're going there to hang out with anime or video game or something like that, you don't want to piss off the fans. So, I mean, I going through this whole thing, I completely understand. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're going to do the research, do it fully. That's all I'm saying. Now, if you don't, if you into Sailor Moon, you don't want to smile, sure, dress up as uh, do, do Princess Sailor Moon from PGSM, because I can't tell you, I cannot recall any time that bitch ever smiled. <laughs> <laughs> she was angry, she was mad, she was like, I can't have my man, so I'm going to destroy the world. Bit of a yeah, I mean, tantrum, but hell, even as as confrontational as Ray and uh, <clears throat> and a Haruka are, they at least smile in the at least in the promotional art. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not very often. If you're going for a certain look, it's like, oh, I found this really cool, um, this really cool art book picture, and I really want to portray that type of character. That's fine because that's what you're that's what you're looking at. That's what you're trying to portray. Mm -hmm. But if you're going as a character and not as something that like not as something so specific, but if you're going as a general character, you really do need to know some of at least what's going on in the character's mind. Why they why they're like that? Why don't they smile? Why do they smile like crazy lunatics like all of that i mean you just want to you want to portray the character correctly and that doesn't just include how they look but how they act true that so and you know there is more to that of course there is because uh tony harris did an update and he says this. So here's my follow co follow commentary. Try to engage my detractors on Twitter. Big mistake. Not going to backpedal. Not one step. I tried to be clear at the beginning by saying I know there are legit cosplayers who know the material and love it. So if you want to gloss over that and accuse my statements of being all conclusive of cosplay, then blow me. See, this is why I posted this here on my page. You don't like it? Leave. Don't threaten to stop buying my work because I'm sure most of you who threw down the gauntlet who threw down a gauntlet never did to begin with. Good riddance. Hey, all you self-righteous fuck faces out there who are spewing even more hatred at me than you accuse me of spewing. <laughs> really? That's how you come at me? Once you have moved on the hate on someone else. Good really. Riddance. 
But one thing I have to address is the use of the word misogyny. Am I a misogynist? Why? Because I frown upon posers who are sad, needy fakers who use up all my air at cons. Sorry, are you cosplay? I'm actually at work. That's my office. Fuck you. I don't actually hate women. I don't fear them either. Nor do I mistrust them. I do not portray or objectify half-naked women in my work. I never have. I've always been very vocal about my dislike of that practice and that my view has been that TNA in the comics is a pox. If you want to come at me with accusations of misogyny and sexism, you'll be wrong. I think there are several hundred pros I could rattle up that are doing a fine job of perpetrating that crap without any help from me. It's not helping to further our industry. Hey haters, I'm not sad, lonely, stupid, uneducated, gay, nor do I wear asses for a hat. I'm not a sexist and have been very vocal about the fact that it's a good thing to see that so many female fans at shows and I treat them with the same kindness and respect as I do any male fan I meet. I guess one mistake I made in my original post was I excluded men. Let me rectify that. Some of you men are as bad as some of the women cosplayers I talked to about early. There. Oh, and all you guys who are my friends and pros who I work with, don't go and try to defend me or anything I wrote. You'll just get shit on. Thanks, though. And lastly, Bleeding Cool and Rich Johnson are, sh- are shithead scumbags, and this isn't the first time this camp has come after me. Fuck you, Rich. To that, Rich says, First, I didn't know I had a camp, but Tony, I was not coming after you. You asked for your post to be distributed further, which I did, especially in the light of other prominent commentary on issue of late. I disagree with your central point, and I tried to address why, but that wasn't me coming after you, and I don't believe I've, per- I've done previously either. Now, if you're going to make a, if you're going to go on a rant like that, you should actually write that out, read what you're saying, go back, and clean it up some. Be a little more tactful in that. And if people are coming after you, own up for it. Don't blame somebody else, you know, who's just trying to make a point. Not their fault. Yeah, I remember Linkara from atop the fourth wall had said that it had similar view, had similar views. He had hated object objectifying women and the sexism in comics, but, yeah, he said it in a lot nicer and more intelligent-sounding tone. But the uh, the points were all still there. Yep. Marco? Um, no, I think I said my piece. Yeah. I, I, I got nothing else more. I'm kind of done. And I think I actually want to sit down and post this on my on my wall and say what I want to say, but I'm just going to share and be like, I, I got no words. I, 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 I'm done. I, I got nothing to say about it because I, I really, really don't. Not to mention, if you did try and say something, it would be uh, misconstrued. Yeah, because a friend of mine did that, and people misconstrued what she said, and, does it, and does he, it's like the same, didn't see the forest for the trees. All right. So, let's go to the next topic here. Um, this anime, Ayosekai no Chushande. Better translates to In the Center of the Blue World. Yeah, this this anime, I'm going to have to read the find the manga and read it later, but this anime is crack. <laughs> <clears throat> It is crack. Um, basically, the series is um, a reimagining of the console wars, featuring characters inspired by video games. That if is you to say look, the... oh, 
that is to say the fourth generation, the quote-unquote 16-bit systems. Yeah, it's basically um, Nintendo versus Sega. And yep. looking at the characters, some of them you could tell by the way they look who they're supposed to be, and some of them you can tell by the way they act how they're supposed to be. So, um, if this thing will actually move. The whole plot is basically these two kingdoms, the uh, Segua kingdom and the Ninter... How is that? Ninterudo. 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 Yeah. Say Nintendo, but only in English. Hmm. <laughs> Ninterudo. <laughs> Um, basically, they, sense, yeah. these two kingdoms are uh, locked in a struggle for dominance over the land of Consume. Mm. Um, after years of war, uh, the Segoa kingdom is on the defensive until a kid named Gear appears, boasting of his incredible speed and his blue hair. So, Segoa kingdom, kid with lots of speed with blue hair. I'm gonna guess Sonic. <laughs> Sonic is the hero, and the bad guy, the king of the Nintendo <clears throat> kingdom, is a is a brutal dictator who wears all red and rides around on a green velociraptor-looking dinosaur, and he has a gigantic mustache. Gee, a gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Could be. I mean, I can't. I'm not getting all of who the characters are, at least not yet anyway. I figure later on, um, because this is a seasonal, seasonally released anime, meaning that while the first episode is out, the second episode won't come out until January. Um, so I think later on, as you're going through, you find out more of who these people are supposed to be. Mm. But um, yeah, like right now... Right now, I can't tell who everybody is. Really? Uh, no, I... Well, I I don't know as many of those games. While I played the games, I wasn't really big into gaming at that point in my life. I was more into the cartoons and anime kind of section. Well, how does it feel knowing that one of your favorite characters got killed in the first episode? That one I figured out. Yeah, I was very upset about that one. Who was that? Till. Till is the humanoid representation of Tails. Oh, oh, oh that's right. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw that episode, but... Yeah, it sucks. I don't I know can imagine them, them turning the equivalent of Princess Peach into some uh, femme fatale who, like... Wears like black leather and like pink accents, and inevitably, if someone's gonna try and cosplay, is that probably? But um, in the okay, first right. episode, wouldn't it? Uh, Sorry. This is like hell. Someone's already gonna try and cosplay as a Pita Ash or Pita hmm. Ash, whatever you want to pronounce it. Well, oh yeah, I heard about that. But um, at the in that episode, we were talking about they're going to that to that uh, maze to rescue the hero, my first thought was it, it as a reference to Alex Kidd because Alex Kidd was Sega's, like, really their first, Sega's first mascot. Mm-hmm. Until they hit, struck gold with Sonic. 
Yeah, yeah. But um, I find it fu I find it funny about about um. Let me see if I can pull this up real real quick. There we go. Now, the in the first episode, the character Tedroff. I love him. <laughs> I fucking love him. We all know who he was supposed to represent. Tetris. Now, here's something that most fans probably do not know. In Japan, Tetris is on both Nintendo and Sega consoles. Yeah, to be fair, it's been ported to just about every system in, in, imaginable. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, this, hopefully the manga does come stateside. That's definitely a manga that I would like to collect. I might have to, I might have to fire up my um, my manga viewer and check and see if it's available. Let's see. What else do we have here? Also, he took out a hundred of the Sekiwa Army's irregulars within like minutes. Mm-hmm. What was that trying to represent? <laughs> the competition. I would assume so. Yeah, we're all looking too much into uh too much into this for all sorts of different references and the subtle jabs at one company or the other. At least that's all. Yeah, I'm well, about. it's fun. <laughs> oh yes, it's very fun. It's what we do best. So, um, Marco, would you like to take the next article? Because I know this one's been quite funny and interesting. It's been popping up on my wall a few times. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I saw this one and was laughing my ass off. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people will accuse a work of borrowing from anime, and it seems like a coincidence where you have to squint to see any resemblance at all. Then there's cases of the outfit worn by the Angel model who joined Justin Bieber on stage at the 2012 Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. I think Gendo had to adjust his, his classes after seeing this one because it looked unmistakably like Ray Ayanami's plug suit. Ooh, and it's Gendo. Yeah. And it does. It's, it's basically the picture is of, of this chick in a very um, leathery lycra-y looking plug suit wearing a very um, boobalicious silver bra <laughs> so like the whole thing is open up top and then comes back up the shoulders with a collar just to show off the cleave she's not even that attractive show for entire tits if she didn't have that bra on. Yeah. So of course yeah, she's missing so. the hair clips, so it's so it's a complete Ray cosplay. Mm. Boom. Well, she's not wearing the uh, gloves either. If you're gonna go with that one. <laughs> well, I just noted some of the uh, the purists are gonna mention that as well. And what I like here is this uh, last picture where she's striding back, and the way the way it's it was captured, Justin Bieber looks like a a deer in headlights looking at her. 
<laughs> like this is the first time he's ever been this close to a like to a set of tits that like that open to him, you know? Probably. I'm going through the for the the forum com the post comment. Uh-huh. Gendo pose. Take this info away from Seely at all costs. It mustn't be allowed to learn that Unit JB has taken the Juggalo engine into itself. <laughs> One person goes, This is very likely a form of cross-promotion. Mission accomplished because people are talking about it on anime-related sites. We'll probably get more details when the show airs on December 4th. Well, Evangelion 3.0 is right around the corner, so... Uh-huh. That could be something. Reminds me of this one image back where I saw. It's uh, apparently Justin Bieber had said, God put me on Earth to, me to make music. And the follow-up image is uh, Lemmy, Ki Lemmy Kilmister saying, No, I did not. And he's got like this pissed-off scowl on his face. <laughs> yeah, Lemmy from Motorhead. So, yeah. That's, um... Way to go, Victoria's Secret. You've discovered an anime. Well, as one <laughs> as one person said, everything depends on if the creator of Evangelion acknowledges it as a promotion. If Victoria's Secret just took the design and plagiarized it, then it's copyright infringement. We all know that a lot of people merchandise with Ava, but they either a have an agreement with the owner of the IP or are too small to be worth going after, such as cosplayers using it to sell their original works. The difference is that this is on a huge stage in assuming huge event. And if what you said is true, televised on a major network, and Victoria's Secret of Justin Bieber's crew, not sure who created the outfit, just flat out took the design display in the show, then that's the realm of copyright and plagiarism, and it's against the law. There are many factors that this could affect the reasoning, but if it happened like I just said, then it's a crime. I know Hideaki um, had a lot of, had enough trouble as it is. I'm, this one probably would put him in a mental institution if he found out that, yeah, like they're doing what with the Ray design. <laughs> it was well, even worse because this one. Uh, oh. Oh, go ahead. It was even worse because Ray was designed to be, you know, unsettling and you know creepy. And part of what drove him to madness is that people latched onto Ray and thought she was. They just thought the complete opposite of what he was going for. And is it Ray Ayanami, uh, Shinji's mom, or some shit like that? I. The end of the day, Evangelion. The last couple episodes got really hard to follow because that was when uh, Hideaki lost his mind and it, and he went into the office when he was fully when, when he was in fucking crazy mood. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> no, not, not the uh, paranoid crazy, but the you know, you know, severely depressed, unstable crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so here's this. Uh, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show will be on CBS, I think, December 4th. Don't recall the time. Victoria's Secret has been sued in the past for copying a bra from another bra maker years ago. So my guess, they will be selling that silver bra, not the costume. Well, duh. Somebody else. The only thing I find offensive is the presence of Justin Bieber at a Victoria's Secret show. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's where the imaginations go wild. If they're going to use Evangelion char characters, you know, from that anime, what other anime or video game are they going to dip into next? Don't give them any ideas. You know, someone's coming up with it. I'm just pointing out the elephant in the room. Well, at the very least, the odds of 
someone coming out looking like Ron, like female Rama are insanely slim. And most people think that's China from Hetalia. Uh-huh. Oh, that argument again. Yeah. I just love the comments about people thinking that this is cosplay. It's like, why, why? I hate when people cosplay just because they can. And somebody's like, this isn't exactly cosplay, you know? Hmm. It's not like she chose to dress up like that. She was given an outfit, said, put it on and walk. <sighs> Next topic. <laughs> Ah, the uh, the first promotional poster for the new DBC movie is out. Yeah. Yep. The latest promo poster for the 2013 Dragon Ball Z anime movie invites a whole new realm of speculation. So, what do you do after you defeat a boo? Will apparently take your Z warriors into the Battle of Gods. So, apparently, Goku and company are going to are going straight to heaven to fight the various, you know, pantheons of deities. Goku is so powerful, he's going to fight a god. Okay, I would love to see at a con, someone dressed up as SSJ for Goku, squaring off against against God, or Jesus Christ. I would love to see that. Oh, someone's already thinking of it. But uh, the uh, promotional poster looks like he's uh, fighting... Uh, what's the... Uh, Jackal-looking uh, deity from uh, the Egyptian pantheon. I had that on the t- on the tip of my tongue. Cause I th- is it? It's not set, is it? I think so. Because he, it, it, it's kind of like a jackal or rabbit-looking thing, and he's like kind of smirking as a he uh, blocks one of Goku's punches with one hand, and his elbow strike gets blocked with the other. And uh, down down the bottom, you have the rest of the crew with the. Some. This is odd. I don't. I don't recognize this one woman. She's wearing like a red, red skirt, a red uh, mini sk- mini dress, black stockings, and a uh, white boots. Does that look familiar to you? So, th- that's. Isn't that somebody's kid? Uh, it's not. Like, it's not supposed to be a, a pan, is it? Yeah, because like. I don't think so. It, it's between the two of them. Um, I'm trying to look through here, and it says maybe... it's going to take place between uh, five seventeen and five eighteen in the ten-year time skip after Goku defeats Boo, but before the twenty-eighth tournament. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the comments. Someone thinks thinks that it's Pan, but it's it could also be. Videl? Videl. Because I don't see her elsewhere in the background. So, I'm not sure. Oh, and by the well, way, the Jackal God is Anubis. Yeah, that's, I see Anubis. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, Anubis. It was one of them. But, uh, I can just imagine someone else going with this train of logic. Goku fights the, uh, Viking Pantheon, ends up going against Thor, which leads to someone having Goku against the Marvel Comics store. Hmm. And as uh, Goku is powering up to a uh, to a uh, Super Saiyan whatever, he hears... 
We're giving off his speech from uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Mm -hmm. uh, given um, the characters and the timeline, I'm really thinking that might be Videl. Yeah, it's, it's scheduled for, what is it, uh, 2013? Yeah, because it looks like Trunks, and it looks like Future Trunks is still a teenager, and Gohan looks like he's in, he's, he's like a teenager or something like that. Now that that's it. This is during the uh, Boo Saga, after, after he had defeated Cell. You have uh, Goten and Trunks that are little kids, Krillin's growing mm. out his hair, and Gohan is a uh, high schooler. Mm. So it's supposed to take place after that, supposedly. All right, so in that case... Oh, yeah. Because there's Vegeta on the right. That's got to be Trunks and Bulma. Yep. On the other side. So, all right. So, that's all right. That's Gohan, Goten, and there's Boo. I'm thinking that's got to be. That probably is Videl. Well, we'll mm. have to wait until they show more information or until 2013 when this pu when this comes out. And yeah. They address her by name. Mm-hmm. Also, Tien is barely there in the background, like like a little speck compared to everyone else. Yeah, I, 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 I see, I see, I see. All right. Reminds me of One Penny Arcade comic where uh, Gabe's trying to deal with some uh, really hardcore D&D uh, &D players, and he goes, and it, Tycho's trying to bounce ideas off of, of uh, how to put them in their place, and one of them goes, he goes, Kill their gods. Gabe goes, they killed their gods. <laughs> what? Why? To consume their precious god seeds. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I can't wait until this one comes out. You, you are but our... Then again... Yeah. Then again, I really do like Dragon Ball Z. You are a resident DBZ fangirl. Yeah. Still don't know how I missed Anubis from Egyptian mythology, but uh, who's this guy floating in the background? It's probably you another um, uber god or something. Yeah, I can't tell from the picture. It's not clear enough. At one point, Goku did actually fight among the gods in a different uh, heavenly martial artist tor martial arts tournament. That was, uh, I believe, after yeah, after the Cell games. Hmm. Yeah. So they have their own... The DBZ universe has its own unique set of gods, obviously. Alright, shall we get over to our last topic of the night? Yep. Sure. Oh. It's another one of those. Yes. On any, probably any uh, anime podcast, this will come up more than once. Don't Does know DJ Rama need another drink? DJ Rama always needs another drink. <laughs> I'm going to be drunker than drunk Artemis from Sailor Moon Abridged. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitling versus dubbing. The oh, great boy. debate. Marco, where the fuck did you find this? 
I don't know. I was going through the site that I normally go through that has a bunch of articles that pop up, and this just happened to be one of them, and I was reading through it. I'm like, eh, okay. Then the floor is yours, good lady. All right. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because this don't. is basically something that somebody created and then did their own view. Um but basically, there are uh, there are two sides. Um, anyone who delves into the world of anime will eventually run across the most divisive issue in fandom, the sub versus dub debate, which is about whether anime is best viewed in Japanese with subtitles or in an English dubbed version. Um, for the purists, those American fans who exclusively watch anime subbed, even if an English dub is available, um, they're most commonly diehard otaku, although I do sometimes run into even casual fans that prescribe to the purest uh, philosophy. I don't think that they're uh, otaku, just, yeah. Mm -mm. Um, this philosophy is based on three statements. Anime is a distinct art form. Because it is an art form, any alteration to the original anime is an unacceptable compromise of artistic integrity. And because dubbing into a different language compromises the artistic integrity of the anime, the only proper way to view anime is in the original unedited Japanese version with subtitles based on a literal English translation. Um, it is irrefutable that Americanizing anime titles via English dubbing and editing has, on some occasions in the past, led to true travesties. One needs only consider the case of the series known in the U.S. as Robotech, which is really three different and unrelated series melded together through clever editing and dubbing and a creative rewrite of the original scripts. Another prominent case is the series Gotcha Man, which U.S. viewers around in the mid-70s might remember as G-Force or Battle of the Planets. The series saw radical personality reinter and reinterpretations, gender and setting changes, and even the introduction of a new character that never appeared in the original series. Similar treatment can be seen in the current American broadcast of Card Captors, aka Card Captor Sokka, which originally had a female character as a lead, but was creatively edited to focus more on a male character for the US broadcast. Cases of more minor changes, such as switching the gender of an androgynous looking character, renaming characters, or sanitizing animation by covering up nudity, eliminating sexual references and bloodshed, and adjusting other things to meet more restrictive American broadcasting standards as uh, are far more common. That's why both Toonami and regular read unedited versions of anime series such as Dragon Ball Z, Tenchi Muyo, and Sailor Moon are available in the States. The former versions are PG and conform to the animation American parents are used to showing their kids. The latter versions are PG-13 and reflect of accessible broadcast standards in Japan. Anyone who watches both versions will realize that a Toonami version of a series is almost, a, is almost entirely a different series. Blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Wait, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know about that. I really, I had to object about the Toonami version about when it came to Tenchi Muyo. There were edits, yes, but they didn't edit any of the, um, the dub, you know? Well, the that's problem what they're is that saying. in this country, this... people. Well, they're saying that the stuff that's on Toonami is more the PG 13, whereas the stuff that you would find on, say, Kids WB mm -hmm. is going to be the PG version. Yes, because you can't show it directly, you know? Mm hmm. Like, um, there were two different versions of DBZ. 
Oh, I know. And there was also two. Um, there was two versions of Yu Yu Hakusho, mm-hmm. One Piece, two and different a few versions of Outlaw Star. Roroni Kenshin. Wait, wait. There was two different mm-hmm. versions of Outlaw Star. Uh huh. Some of them, um, Melfina is a little bit more naked than others. Oh, I well, well, that as I can understand. But I was going for more the aspect of changing the words and stuff around. You know. Well, I'm that's doing what I was, that's any what I... type of editing. Oh, okay, right. okay. Fair enough. The other side. In the non-purist view, some will argue that dubbed anime is preferable, while others will argue that they don't care which way they get their anime as long as they can get it. For, gr- for both groups, the whole subverse dub debate comes down to a matter of accessibility. Dubbed anime is usually easier to understand for an American viewer and allows the viewer to fully concentrate on the imagery rather than having to split attention towards the subtitles at the bottom of the screen. As some have put it, dubbing allows for a more immersive experience. Dubbed anime is also much easier to view in a large convention viewing room that lacks tiered seating, while the heads of those in front of you can frequently get in the way of seeing all the subtitled text. And as has been pointed out above, dubbing does put some things that an uninformed viewer might not completely understand in context that makes more sense to American viewers. This is very beneficial to those that are new to anime. Basically, the um, Japanese in-jokes that are not... You that... can't fully translate them to English. Well, yeah, you can't fully translate it, and then when you're watching a subbed version, they will actually explain it either before or after an episode, or even have a little thing when the um, subtitle pops up to a little, like, to explain things a little bit better. Whereas the dubbed version will basically give it an Americanized similarity on uh, either what they're trying to say or what they're trying to accomplish during that. So that's basically it. That's both sides. Um, And I'm not going to go into this guy's view because I don't care about his view. (laughs) Fine. What is how we put everything together. What is your view? My view is... um, I like it both ways. When I'm going to sit down and I want to watch anime for anime's sake, I'm going to watch it as a purist. I'm going to watch it with um, the subtitling, and I want to immerse myself in the Japanese culture. If I'm watching something, putting something on, and having to like basically do other things where I might be able to watch a couple of things, but I can't be... I can't actually pay that much attention and need to hear what's going on to get the context, then I'll actually um, watch the dubs. Mm. Also, if I happen to know the voice actor, I'll watch the dub. There you go. Ari, what is your view? I've seen... um, Like you, I'm I'm pretty much tired of the whole subs versus dubs debate, but I'm pretty much with the whole get it whatever way I can. I mean, I know, I've seen, you know, I've seen stuff in the Japanese with subtitles. I've seen stuff in English, and honestly, it, it doesn't bother me one way or another. You know, occasionally, the, uh, yeah, the Japanese in-jokes or, uh, you, you know, approximations of what they are in English, it kind of breaks the flow a little bit, but, you know, it, it I just get tired of the argument. Hmm. Well, 
as for... It's not as profound or as well thought of as the rest of you guys. Well... Plus, I've seen, like... I think there were, like, three or four different dubs of uh, Gachamon, which I think I remember the, the term Eagle Riders popping up now and then. Yeah, that was Saban's uh, dub of it. Oh, boy. I remember they tried putting Kenshin on uh, Toonami when, when it was in uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. That was a disaster. <laughs> well... And plus, like, like, people keep forgetting in this country, people when you, they think animation, they automatically think it's you know, for little kids. It took yeah. it took a series like Avatar to a kind of sort of you know, get away from that just a little bit, but the grand majority of people still think it's for little kids, which is why anime can get into more uh, adult, you know, stuff. Not like you know, R-rated stuff, but uh, you know, more mature subject matter. That's a better way to say that. I I can go with that. I mean, I'll say that the bulk of the arguments can have moot points because you can buy DVDs that have the dub and the sub on it. There are some titles I will watch dub, and there are some that I'll watch uh, sub and both. I mean, Bubblegum Crisis, after hearing Kanyawa Hurricane sung in English, I didn't like it. So I opted not to watch the... um, the English dub of that. Tenchi, I've seen English dub and Japanese sub, which is pretty cool. I like that. Ranma, I've seen in both f- formats, which I got no qualms with, you know. I think now, I hate to say it, but the debate is more or less is dead because every time the debate pops up, everything that we're discussing here comes up. All Everything. It's just... It gets batted back down. Yeah. It's like, whatever your preference is. I can understand. I can understand. I mean, there are some things. There there are Japanese idioms and puns you can't translate. So, of course, you can throw some English joke in there to make it funny. And then when you watch it sub, you'll be like, hey. But you got to understand, some things will not translate at all. A lot of it has to do with Japanese wordplay. But, yeah, like Maka was saying, if there's a voice actor for a particular series that I like, I'll watch, you know, whatever whatever language it's in. Like, uh, like some parts of Code Yes, I admit I don't watch a whole lot of it, but you know, it's got, you know, good act, good voice actors on both sides of the pun. You know, Johnny Bosch as Louis does a good job with it, even as right. a, as an anti-villain, and uh, Norio Wakamoto always puts in a five-star performance. You just have to watch uh, Clovis's funeral to a uh, to get an example of that. Legit. The Clo- yeah, the Clovis funeral scene. Well, going back to the Sailor Moon thing. Yeah. And not just with the whole Makoto and her talent, but I yeah I always had an issue with um, Minako in the dub. Um, She's always going off on these random things and missaying quotations. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that she was saying really didn't make sense on why she was missaying it. Um, but going back and seeing the Japanese version, it goes back to wordplay and where so many of their kanji can mean so many different things. 
So when she's going through and misquoting, she's actually quoting it correctly, but using a different word for the kanji that she that she means. So it it works out better, I think, in the Japanese version. And I understood then why she was doing it and how like the whole reason why like the whole reason behind it watching the Japanese version which made me appreciate it a little bit more and not think that she was just fucking nuts did they make her dumber as the series went on too um yeah she was she was pretty damn out there to begin with but the American version made her a hell of a lot stupider than the Japanese version did Hmm. Um, she wasn't I mean she did some really stupid things in the Japanese version but the American version they forced her into that dumb blonde kind of character couldn't have a dumb blonde as a main character could they they do have a dumb blonde as a main character but they not as bad as well, yeah, they turned they turned me the English dub turned Minako into the Valley Girl dumb blonde. So, at least she she got a little bit more respect in my eyes in the Japanese version. Legit, you know. So, have we beaten this dead horse with a broken record enough yet? Yeah, I think the horse came back and said, "Leave me alone." Wilbur. No, the yeah, the horse came back and said Wilbur. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take our last break and then wrap things up. We'll be back. All right.
I do believe that was a pretty good episode. What do, you, what do y'all think? Yeah, it was really good. I think so. Especially with chock full of extra angst. Yay, angst. Yeah. See, we are on episode 90. We are 10 episodes from episode 100. So, if I'm looking at the calendar correctly... We're that, going... That by the end of the year? No, we'll be hitting episode 100 in January. Because remember, we do take off for... We, we don't do anything new for Christmas and New Year's. But depending on how things go, we might just do a Christmas special. We'll see. Cool. We just might have to... That would be awesome. We might just have to talk about some cool stuff throughout the year. And we'll have to get a super producer in on this and maybe a guest or two. Sounds good to me. Definitely. So if you like what you heard, please tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend. That's how our popularity of our show gets around. Through you guys. We are a free podcast. We can't afford to advertise on big name sites. So it's through the power of you. Believe in the meetup, believes in you. That's going to go tell other people to listen to Anime Jam Session. <laughs> I can't believe I actually got that in there. Oh, dear. So check out our site at AnimeJamSession.com. And I promise I will be adding the missing podcast. And it has come to my attention that there are some issues with some missing episodes. But I will definitely check in on that. Um, check out our podcast on Podcast.net, Podcast.com. Podcast Alley, Yahoo Podcasts, iTunes, and Xbox Music. I have to fix that. And check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash anime jam session TV, where I will I promise I'll get the anime next videos up there. I have like two more to work on and I can upload them all at once. <sighs> uh, check check it out there with all our convention videos, interviews, masquerades, interviews, and all that cool stuff. Check out our personal YouTube pages, youtube.com slash S, Sailor Flair, and RE22682. Uh, we may post our own videos, and you can check out some videos on, on YouTube that we like and we want to share and spread the word about. And check out our Twitter page, twitter.com slash session. Anything in regards to the website, um, our Facebook page, photos, everything, it will be posted here. So if you want to get the jump on everybody else, follow us on, on uh, twitter.com slash session. Now, if you want to follow our personal fan pages, uh, I mean Twitter pages, it's twitter.com slash djrunmess, uh, make it epic, the Ari Man, and Joe Videa. And Mako chan actually got rid of the middle score. Yay! 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 I'm almost tempted to go, to go track it down. I'm all no, no, I'm not going to go get it. It's too late. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our friends attending the latest SmackDown taping. He has a sign that has yes and and a, and a times infinity symbol on it. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you saw, but on Raw, they, were, they actually had the camera in on some, on the audience, and someone was wearing a Claudia a Claudio Cascinoli shirt. <laughs> nice. Yes. Derailed the ending. We try. Facebook. <laughs> find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. 1,056 fans. Wow. 
And I think on next week's episode, we got we got to discuss Flashback Fridays. I really freaked the hell out of some people with that. <laughs> but I also got to ask, I wonder where some of those cosplayers, I wonder if they're still around or not. I do know that some of them are, but what about others, you know? Where are they now type segments? Um, yeah. Yeah. And check out our personal fan pages, facebook.com slash djronmas and facebook.com slash Makoto Mekochan Kino. And then don't forget to check us out on VOG Network, vognetwork.com. Come here for all the latest information about the geek stuff, video games, anime, music, all types of stuff that applies to the geek culture lifestyle. Check out the forums, participate, listen to other cool stuff. I mean, we're not the only ones on VOG Network. If you're more, if you like Warcraft, check out Wild Wednesdays with Horde House and Girls Gone Wild. If you're more into science, sci-fi stuff, check out um, Pod Culture on Mondays. If you're more into the general, general pop culture geek stuff, Understation Live on Saturdays. If you're into like television and movies, there's Critical Myth on Thursdays. And don't forget our flagship uh, shows, the Power Block. The Bobby Blackwell Show and Orange Lounge Radio, which is Sundays starting at 8 p.m. Think I've hoarded out, hoarded out enough? Yep. Alright, I guess yep. it's time to get the fuck up on out of here. Yeah, so, I have. I, I need sleep. You ain't the only one, so last words? No, I got nothing. I, I'm edgy. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> Okay, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Mekko-chan. And we'll see you all around this time next week. Peace. Yep. Later. See ya. Say goodnight, Ari. Goodnight, Ari. Well, we have to give Mekko-chan a break because she did get poison ivy after all. Poison ivy, you bitch. <laughs> You're allowed one. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session AJS Productions. There were no fanboys or fangirls hurt, maimed, or killed during this episode. This time, the views and opinions on this show do not reflect the entire staff or network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. And if you would like a transcript of today's podcast, start typing. Visit us at AnimeJamSession.com and VOGNetwork.com for more information about the show. See you next time.